Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. My guest this week for many years suffered with crippling anxiety, feelings of anger, frustration and an unprecedented fear of the future. She lacked boundaries, self-worth, deep connection to herself, others and found her relationships were always surface deep. Her breaking point came when she found day-to-day activities completely unachievable. For the past four years, she's been working to develop her skills to become a relationship coach and is here to talk to us about bringing our awareness within so you can express yourself wholeheartedly and create a relationship that you love. Her mission is to help people who struggle with relationships to build strong and meaningful connections so that they can experience a healthy, loving relationship. Hi, Felicity. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome and thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Claire. It's lovely to be here. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool. So, hey, look, um, God, there's a lot happened. <laughs> there's a lot happened in the last four years for you. So, look, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, what's happened to you and how you've got to the point of being a love coach. Yes. Oh, wow. It has definitely been a journey over the last four or five years. And thank you so much for that introduction. It really talks to what I have been through and the mental struggles that I went through, um, especially in my 20s and early 30s. And I found myself in really toxic relationships, relationship after relationship, where I was like, it seems like the same guy is turning up each and every time. And then all of those toxic habits come out um, and I find that they're not the type of people who were committing to the to the love that I truly desired or they were men who were telling me all of the right things but then their actions were not actually um, following through with what they were telling me. And I went through a really dark period in my life where I found that I was really lacking a lot of self-love and self-worth, but I didn't realize that that's what it was at the time. For me, the the catalyst of understanding that something was fundamentally not right was, was these toxic relationships. And I got really firm with myself one day and just said, you know, what is going on here? And found that the common denominator in all of this is myself. So... Yeah. And and look, I I completely agree with you because like, I think we do get to that realization, don't we, when we are in these toxic relationships or, you know, when a relationship has ended or whatever, and it's that point of like, you know, looking internally and you are right. The common denominator of all of these is us. It's us. It's us. And, uh, you know, that's where I, when I first became aware of that, it it was frightening because I, meant that, you know, I had to fundamentally change myself because that is the common denominator. And if I want to uh, have the life and love that I truly desire, then I needed to go in and and do some inner work around that. So did you uh, find that, did you find that it was more that you were fearful of letting go of what you were holding on to or what you were getting from those toxic situations? 
I don't think I knew what I wanted. I think that was oh, her okay. problem was that, you know, I just was looking for that external validation in, in places that was giving me the validation that I was craving in the initial stages of the relationship. But then obviously as time went on, I was, I was choosing not to see the red flags, not to notice um, the patterns and behaviours that I was, that I was um, eliciting, but also that was being mirrored back to me from, from those relationships. So um, I, I think it was, it was more that I didn't know what I want. And the reason why I didn't know what I wanted is because I didn't care enough about myself to know what it was that I wanted. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. It's, yeah, it's that self-love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I went through a really dark stage, ended up on anti-anxiety medication. Um, at the same time, my career was absolutely taking off my corporate career. So wow. it's a bit of a juxtaposition between. Yin and yang, isn't it? In my personal life, there's there's so much destruction and so much self-hate. But in my career, it was it was telling a completely different story. But of course, the the self-love, self-worth piece or the not good enough piece was spilling over into my career. So I kept having these thoughts, my career can't be taking off because I'm not good enough to be in this type of role or wow. I'm not to be in this type of role. Um, so for me, it was really an awareness piece about what is going on here? What do I need to change? And what support do I need to help me make that change so that I can experience a love and life that I truly desire? Um, so what I did to overcome those not good enoughs was to create a supportive community around me, some people that were really going to help me to get from where I was to where I needed to be. And I've been in therapy previous to this and it wasn't working out for me I felt that my therapist was really focusing a lot on the past and I was ready to to move forward and and to have my vision on who I wanted to be in the life that I wanted to create so part of that was finding similar-minded people and I moved to Bondi in Sydney and found the exact people that I needed in an amazing kinesiologist. I went to women's circles, um, got myself a naturopath, like really took care wow. of my body, mind. Uh, and what I found with that was then I was connecting with like-minded people and finding a lot more joy in, in my daily living. So were you still working though? Were you still doing the career that you were doing, but you just moved, you were able to move to Bondi and like find those sort of people um, and go from there? Yeah, I was really fortunate my career was able to take me to Sydney um, and it was through working with a life coach that I started to realise that actually the corporate world is not something that I want to be doing forever or that I don't want as my my primary focus. Yeah. And I was like, well, I really want to get into life coaching. I want to do it. So I went away and did my life coaching course and then everything's kind of blossomed from that moment. And I knew that with the work that I had done and with the lessons and experiences that I'd learned, that I wanted to share that with other women who struggled when it came to dating and relationships. And that's what it really started out as of was being a dating and relationship coach. But over time it's evolved into a love coach and bringing more of that self-love and self-worth piece in. Mm. Because what I know is that when we have an abundance of self-love and self-worth that's mirrored back to us in the relationships that we that we attract and connect with. Yeah, because the title of love coach isn't about you coaching people to find a relationship because because I know when I've spoken to you previously, like I've gone, oh, love coach. Okay, so this is about mending you know relationships that are broken. So it's like a relationship coach or whatever. But you were saying to me, no, 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 this is about 
it's about love. It's about all love. So it's about self-love. And, um, you know, that's what you're basically saying. Quintessentially, self-love first. And then, and then once you've done all of the work on yourself, then you can go out and have those healthy, sane, stable, loving relationships that we're all craving. And we all go, well, why doesn't he understand me? Why do, well, you know, because potentially you don't understand yourself. You don't understand what you want. And you're giving mixed messages or whatever and, and all of those things. Yeah, exactly right. And that was something that I figured out fairly early on that, you know, we, the, the love that we crave, it has to start with ourselves mm. and we have to undo a lot of patterning and, um, you know, pieces that we've been taught growing up selfish to love yourself. You shouldn't look in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. All of these different things that we get told, it's about undoing that and coming back to actually you are the most important person. And if you can provide yourself with the love that you crave, then you're not looking for it externally, which means that you're not looking for that validation from mm. the wrong type of people. Um, and I, I, and as a single mum, it's so hard to do the self-love thing because you're sort of going, okay, I need to do this for the kids. I need to do that for the kids. And it's all about the kids, not necessarily about the relationship as such, but the relationship with the kids and the kids come first and you come second. Um, and that potentially isn't the most healthiest place to actually be it's about having those on an equal par and not you know so the kids don't come first they sort of come as equal as you do as such that's exactly right and you know if you I mean I've got practices that I teach to my clients that's five minutes so if you can't find five minutes in your day to put aside do you really have time to go out and find yourself a relationship (laughs) or do you have time for your children I mean in all honesty if you the best parenting that I've seen are the parents that put themselves first and that say, you know what, I love my child. And just because I'm doing what I need to do to be the best mother that I can be, it doesn't mean that I'm not being there for my child. It means that I'm actually filling up my own cup so that I'm not tired or exhausted when they get home from school and I'm not snapping at them because they're not listening to me or whatever it may be. And I do find that once women, especially single parents, once they do, um, cultivate that self-love and and put themselves first then they are able to be better parents yeah yeah super important so so um was there a turning point where you sort of went well I'm not really doing the relationship coach thing or it's just really like morphed into more the love coach situation that you're yeah I mean I don't know if there was a turning point at such because I always knew that the fun the foundation and the fundamental part of my business was going to be about love was about that self-love piece and then for me it was like I don't want to be marketing myself necessarily as a dating coach I want people to know that if they're coming to me it's around that self-love self-worth piece yeah yeah so so how do we love ourselves then? Because, like, I sit there and I go, well, you know, like, face pack, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of – and also, at the moment, there's a lot of information out there that goes, oh, you know, especially if you're a single parent, oh, you need to love yourself first and all of this stuff. But I go, well, that's easily said than done, people. You know, yeah. it's like, what do I what do? Because there's challenges and hurdles that, you know, what – yeah. It's a, it's a really big question and I think it comes back to we need to unlearn a lot of the things that we've been taught. We need to know innately that it is safe and okay to love ourselves. Mm. Um, when I first came across this work, I did Louise Hay. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with Louise. I know, yeah, I know Louise Hay, yeah. So Louise, for your listeners, um, is 
the founder, I guess, of Mirror Work. And what she teaches is for women or anyone really to look in the mirror and tell themselves that they love themselves and to do this every day for 30 days and, you know, to journal about it and all this sort of stuff. The very first time that I tried to look in the mirror and tell myself that I loved myself, I burst into tears and couldn't finish the sentence. Wow. I love you, Felicity. So it needs to be to yourself. And I wasn't able to do it. I just, I looked at myself and I was like, I I don't believe those words. It's not true. Um, You know, how can I stand here and, and tell myself that I love myself when I know that it's not true? And in Louise's work, she says, and this is, this is, imperative for people to understand is you don't have to believe what you're telling yourself at that point in time the magic in it is doing it over and over and over again and finding over time actually I can look at myself and finish the sentence without crying actually I am starting to look at myself in the mirror without judgment actually I am starting to tell myself that I love myself and really mean it yeah this is not something that can just happen overnight. And I teach it to my clients in that we're starting at second grade level or even, even lower, maybe even prep level, expecting ourselves to be at collegiate level. But a college student doesn't just wake up one day from grade two and be in college. They have to go through all the steps and get all the support processes in place before they can get to that college level. Mm. So it's the same with self-love. It's not something that we can just catapult to overnight especially if in our younger years we've been taught that it's selfish to love yourself or you can't stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself, which I don't know about you, but I was definitely told that many, many times. Well, I also find it interesting that you use at the end of that statement, you use your name as well. So it's almost like, because you can say, I love you, right? But when you say, I love you, and you don't use a name, you can actually be saying, I love you, and thinking about your son, your partner, your parents, or whatever. So it's really centering. It's really centering when you use that name. And I'm not sure whether centering is the right word, because you use your name. So it is your name, and therefore... There is no like ambiguity or, you know, like I love you, like because you could be you could be practicing to say I love you to somebody else. Right. Exactly. When you use your name, it's really sort of putting it home that it's you. Right. Yeah. The word that I use with that is anchoring. So centering, finding whatever that word is to say, yes, I'm anchoring within myself. Yeah. And so and like when you were saying that to me, I sat here and I was thinking, could I actually do that? Because saying I love you to a mirror without defining my name at the end of it, um, I mean, I can I, I can do it. It's all good. But it's quite easy for me to um, have empathy for lots and lots of other people. But in a way, like empathy for me and to go, hey, it's okay. You know, do you know what? You've had a hard day. It's all right. Just chill out. It's don't you know, don't chastise yourself because you didn't do X, Y, and Z today. Um, So, yeah, just sort of really naming it, really anchoring it as such. Yeah. 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 There's a challenge for you in your life. I'm doing it. Get up tomorrow morning or if you're brave, do it this evening before you go to bed. 30 days. 30 days. Done. So if the other thing that I teach my clients, because this can be quite confronting work, mirror work is something that, you know, if you if you are struggling with that concept or with the idea of looking in the mirror and saying, I love you, 
Felicity or Claire or whoever it may be, um, you can start with simple affirmations. So things like I am worthy or I am lovable. And this just takes out, they're still incredibly powerful and they're still really anchoring, but it just takes out a little bit of that potential triggering that can come from telling yourself that you love yourself. So you can start with affirmations a bit softer, a bit easier, and then when you're ready in time to go into the mirror work. Wow, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we've got 30 days of mirror work, which is great. I am going to do this. I will be speaking to you in 30 days and going, hey, guess what? I've done this mirror work. Wow, hello, Um, which will be interesting to see where it comes from. Maybe we should come back in 30 days and actually do my do my therapy let's, session. Um, let's do it together. I yeah. will do the 30-day challenge with you. Let's start November 1st. Oh, okay, yeah, which is Monday, which is all good. Happy days. Yeah, no, let's, let's do that. Okay, so – Okay, so 30-day challenge is one of the things that we can do to um, start that motion forward to self-love. But then, like, where else do we go for this? Because that's okay and we can – that's all in the confines of our own house as such. So what else can we do and how do we then – how do we then – start to emerge and I say emerge probably because I've been in lockdown you and I have both been in lockdown we're both in Victoria we've both been in lockdown for months so how do we then emerge how do we then say okay I've got all this self-love I love I'm big love my myself up and all of this stuff how do we then emerge into like relationshipville Alabama and and we actually say well I'm ready to move across into dating which like I say it I like even saying it I go oh dating is just like too much hard work I think you need to come and do my well there we go probably probably (laughs) you know I just it's too much hassle I can't be bothered um yeah Yeah. face bothered no thanks it's yeah so which is okay I probably just don't love myself enough (laughs) but maybe you know maybe relationship is not right for you right now and that's and I'm totally actually okay quite well. happy with that. So it's okay. It's cool. Yeah. 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 So there's two parts to that question. I think the first part around how do you, we've got all these amazing tools. How do we, how do we bring that into, into daily life? And the, the biggest thing that you can do, and this is based on my own experiences and what I see with my clients as well, is creating that supportive network around you. People who are going to keep you accountable, people who are non-judgmental, people who are potentially completely outside of your friendship group, who can give you that um, unbiased uh, And when support. you say people who are going to keep you accountable, t- t- delve into that a little bit more because I'm actually quite, <laughs> I'm quite a... Um, you know, I'm quite closed when it comes to things like love, blah, blah, you know, like, I don't know, maybe part of my upbringing, I'm English, so we tend to be stiff up a lip, stiff up a lip and all of that stuff. So, but I sort of go, yeah, emotions, etc., which is quite funny because <laughs> we're talking about all this self-love stuff, but emotions and stuff I keep into me, I don't tend to. So how do, how do our, how does our network then keep us accountable for all of this? What do we? What do we do? Of course, and I mean, this is, this is exactly why I do the yeah. work that I do is to, is to support women with that accountability piece. Um, and just to give you an example of a coaching series, we create some really beautiful heart-aligned goals to get you from this feeling of I don't want to date, I don't want a relationship, 
I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. Where deep down you're like, actually, I really do want that. Like I really do want to share this life with somebody else. So it's about getting truthful with yourself about what it is that you really want and then seeking out the people that can help you with that. And in a relationship coaching series or the love coaching series, over the 90-day period, we catch up every two weeks. Uh, You have access to me between the two weeks and we keep in contact about what is going on for you. Are you staying accountable to the steps that I have given you to to create that vision and and accomplish the goals that we have created for this 90-day series? Sorry, carry on. There's other depending on what what your vision is and what your goal is i mean there's there's so many people out there that can help keep you accountable um from kinesiologists chiropractors depending on what it is that you that you want to achieve in in your life it doesn't have to be a coach um, and so what are some of these goals then because like is it that you say right i'm going to go and get a pedicure once a month or whatever is that a self-love goal or are these a little bit more um encroaching into who you are it's not more like I'm going to give myself something you know is it more an emotional goal as such yeah I mean the the goals that we have they're measurable so we need to make sure that we can actually keep track of them as we're going along um they're motivating like they have to excite you enough and give you enough of passion ignited within you to say yes I really want to Mm. achieve this and then like you know I would say to you what what does it feel like if you don't achieve this after the 90 days and I know that it you can tell by the glint in someone's eyes like straight away if this means something to them so it's making sure that the goal also means something to you that it's enough for you to really work towards so for an example um it might be something like I want to feel confident going on a first date, knowing that I am, you know, an empowered woman or whatever it may be, or it might be. um, And then we would build steps towards that. So it would be about um, getting out there and meeting new people, um, whether it's male or female, it doesn't matter, like having conversations with new people and getting used to conversations with people. So then when you are going on a first date, you actually feel quite confident in that. It's, It's dating yourself so that you get familiar with the type of restaurants that you like or the venues that you like. So when you're going on a first date, if you've suggested the venue, you already understand what, what is the um, the menu or who are the waiters, what, what is the place like rather than sitting there. You know, a lot of people get really anxious about first dates. So it's really about then putting steps in place so that when you do go on that first date, you've got that confidence built within you. And then we say, okay, cool. How did you feel on that first date? I actually felt the most confident I ever had. It was amazing. Um, yeah yeah see confidence has never been lacking where I come from like no but it's like and I do understand I completely understand where you're coming from but I suppose in a way like it's like maybe when I was younger I would have probably yeah been more anxious and like stressing about stuff but nowadays nowadays I'm a bit like well this is what you're getting so if you don't like this then I'm sorry go find somebody else because this is it this ain't changing this has had like 50 odd years of like working through its life and um it is it is yeah it's still a work in progress but however um yeah I'm still learning but yeah, and, and I think that's um, it's a really important piece that you hit on is that in a coaching series, one of the first things I do is get my clients to fill out a pre-coaching questionnaire. And this is so that we can understand where are they at in their understanding of themselves and what they want. And so if I have a coaching client that's come through, 
nine out of 10 times, they actually don't really know what they want. They don't know what their values are and they may not know what their interests and hobbies are, but they're not actually doing mm. any interests and hobbies. So it's about getting them back out into doing the things that bring them a lot of joy and happiness into their life. And then obviously that then connects them with other people and opens up doorways in that ways. Um, but it's also then about, okay, well, what do you value? And do you understand what it is that you value when it comes to a relationship with another person? Because if you don't understand that, you don't know that from the get-go, you're going to continuously have this cycle of repeated type people and partners yeah. and patterns and behaviours that will just continue until you actually get very clear on what it is that you do want. And I suppose you go when you start to feel comfortable enough to go out there and look for a relationship, for a partner, a life partner, whatever, um, then you are you go to what is comfortable and what you know if you haven't done some work on yourself as such. Yes. You go to what you actually yeah. – um, well, well, what feels comfortable to you, what you recognise as, oh, I recognise this pattern, I recognise this person, I feel comfortable – in that environment with that, per, you know, with this type of person or whatever, because this is the pattern I've, I've always known. Yes. This is familiar to me. You and I spoke a little bit about this off air um, recently about how mm. our family patterns tend to impact our relationships later mm. on. And I do a lot of work with my clients around inner child stuff. And quite often we have inner child wounding that we're not even aware of. We think, oh, you had a great childhood. Like there's nothing wrong with, with what happened there but it might be something as simple as dad used to come home absolutely exhausted after a long day at work he's thinking oh my god I, I had to go and do this long day at work full of meetings full of stress to provide this beautiful house for my family to live in I just want to go and enjoy my shower and go to bed when I get home whereas the child is thinking oh daddy didn't come in and read me a book tonight he mustn't love me anymore and even though that is not the correct scenario at all. These are the type of things that can stay with us. And so when we get to adult relationships, if we are attracting a partner who is not necessarily present, but in our mind we're thinking, I really want a man who's present. I really want a man who can who can be there for me and who's going to ask me how my day is, you know, every time he comes home. We quite often attract what, what we're used to and what we're familiar with. So our, our partners will come through the door, have a shower and go to bed without asking us what's going on. And we sit there and we go, oh my gosh, he doesn't love me, but this feels familiar to me and normal to me. So it must be okay. So I'll just keep going on the way that we're going on. Yeah. 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 No. Um, yeah. And I, I recognize so much mm. of what you've just said in like the past relationships that I've had. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, and, and going from there, that's yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So the inner child yeah, work is another tool that that can be really yeah. effective when it comes to adult relationships. Yeah, it was quite funny because I did an interview um, a few weeks ago that basically was um, it, it was funny. Like, wow, and my listeners will go, "Wow, you've got some issues to deal with, lady," <laughs> because I because basically the lady was talking about pleasure, and I said, "Yeah, but to me, pleasure." Um, that to me sounds selfish if I'm searching out my pleasure, right? Now it could be searching out my happiness or we could call it another label and I would feel more comfortable with that. It's just a label of calling it pleasure. I go, hmm, not sure. I, you know, it felt, it felt like even when, like when we were talking in the interview, I, and I said to her, I said, it feels, um, 
it's just not a like it's not a word that I sit there and go oh yeah no yeah so and it's and obviously I've got a hang up on pleasure um whatever that may be yeah no exactly so and it's quite funny um that you say this with relationships and stuff like that and it's all of these sort of hang-ups that we have that we need to work through to enable us to get to where we are and it's not just like and I have to say it is not just one-sided it is that you've got to find the other person who has done their work as well um because and through working on yourself you do but yeah no it's yeah so the, yeah. the, the pleasure thing also comes back to what I was saying before, that we have to unlearn some of the things that we've been taught or some of the beliefs that we have that are ingrained in us in order to move past that. And then yeah. also part of that is that you don't get to a point where you think, oh, my God, there is something fundamentally wrong if, if you're in a really great relationship, right? So my clients are people who are coming to me who are not happy with their love life. And so what we do... But they're in a relationship. Sorry, just to clarify. They're in a relationship or they're just not happy. They're, like, single, not happy because every relationship they have is falling apart. Or... Yeah, I've had both, but I am finding more and more it's single women who are coming into my realm. Well, I think there's more and more single women out there. I'm not sure what is happening um, out in society, but it just seems as though women are going, no, I'm not putting up with that anymore. Yeah, and exactly, and this comes back to the point that you were just talking about around, you know, once we become aware of things and once we start to make those small changes within ourselves, we stop attracting the people who are not going to allow us to experience that love that we truly desire. We start recognising red flags earlier and we do what I call block and bless a lot quicker where it's like, you know what, this person is not giving me what I want, whether that's in an initial interaction online or whether it's, um, you know, two or three dates in. This person is not providing me with, with that feeling or with that chemistry or with that whatever communication or whatever it is that you may need. But because you're aware of what you want and what you need and what you value, you're able to pick up quite easily and you're able to say, thanks, but no thanks. Right. Okay. Wow. Because I, because even sitting here listening to you say that, I'm going, okay, but how do you, because how, how do you do that? Because only because like, you can go on a first date and go, oh, no, that guy was horrendous, not for me, or that yes. lady. But I have to <laughs> yeah. say, there are single dads out there as well. So you could say, oh, my God, that lady's a crazy or that guy's a crazy or whatever. But then what happens if you get further down? So you haven't recognised red flags and you get further, further down the line and you're into this relationship three, four months and you're starting to see things, but you're sort of also in that you know you get buried into a relationship as such and I, I don't know I don't know if that's a, a good description of what because that's what I feel is you like get sucked in buried into an mm-hmm. an ideal as such and I think women do it more than men although yes. if I've got male listeners out there who want to give me feedback and say no that we do it the same but I see as though women idolize I meet this guy he's got decent job he's got two kids you know he's a great dad to his two kids from what he's actually you know said and you know stuff like that you've seen you know you've joined his Facebook or whatever um and you know he's ticking 
a lot of boxes, right? Doesn't smoke, doesn't drink if they're your boxes to tick. So he ticks like 90% of the boxes, but there's 10% that are like red flags, like Mm -hmm. just little things that you go, oh, you had a little glimpse behind the mirror and you go, oh, hang on a minute, that's a bit of a red flag, but you're sort of being sucked into that relationship. How do you, um, how do you either, is that is it at that point that you go, okay, red flags, I'm out, I'm leaving here, or like, yeah, that's sort of where yeah. I go, yeah. don't really know what you yeah. would do. I mean, me personally, at the moment, I would go, nah, you did this, you did that, that's a red flag to me, I'm gone. But then maybe I've maybe I've moved on over the last four or five years and gone, yep, no, they're they're like they're um what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, my brain needs to work. They're like non negotiables that you go, yes. no, definitely yeah. not. So, so that's what I, I'm yeah. gonna talk to. But there is actually a scientific term for this painting idealistic views. Oh, is there? Because I think us women do it a lot. Yes, it's called the Pygmalion effect. And it's basically where we have like these ideals of people where we say, you know, he's the perfect man for me. He's got, and I'm very guilty of this. He's got a great job, a great income. He's a, you know, he, he seems to be, you know, liking his family, which, (laughs) you know, maybe that's enough. And, but when I look back on it, I'm like, he hated his job. He wasn't earning that great an income. Um, He's moved over here from Ireland. So he clearly doesn't have a great relationship with his family. Um, you know, there was all of these things that I look back on and I go, oh my God, like I probably could have realized and recognized that within the first couple of conversations that we had. But also where do we get these, these ideals from though? Cause that interests me as well, because I go, well, why have I got this view that he needs to have a job? He needs to be, you know, like personally as well, like I've got kids, so yeah. And, and there is no reason, like, a, no rhyme and reason in my head, but I sort of go, to understand the issues that I have, this person needs to also have children themselves, which isn't necessarily right. Um, because it's not wrong either. No, oh, no, but it's it's like I've created a tick, a list, a tick list in my yeah. mind, but I sort of go, well, where do I get, where do I get this tick list from? Where does it come from? And I'm, yeah. you know, and I'm putting it and I apologize. Cause I'm, <laughs> I, I'm interested in this. I'm going, well, where do I get this tick list from? Come on. Like love coach me. Like, you know, but I like, and I don't know if you know, so if you don't, then please say, cause well, like, well, I mean, the question I would say to you is how would you feel if you're sitting in front of a man and he's got this massive tick list about who you should be? Oh, and I'm sure they have. <laughs> Look, I'm sure they have where they go, Oh, you know, she needs to not be crazy not have a job you know have a job be independent be like I'm sure they do have a tick list yeah yeah we're human right and and that's exactly right we're human beings and and part of this is that we do have non-negotiables within us because we've got values and we've got things that are really important to us so yeah. family, single mum your family is important to you your son is the priority um over somebody who you're dating at, at this point right yeah maybe that changes as your son gets older and so it's it comes back to the simple thing of really understanding what it is that you want what are your values and then having your negotiables and non-negotiables yeah so a negotiable for me is yeah okay they can have have children or not like that it's not a non-negotiable for me a non-negotiable for me though is that 
family is a top value of theirs. So I need to know that they have a good relationship with their family and that they're going to fit into the dynamics of my family because that's important to me. Yeah. Whereas somebody else might be like, oh, that family's not really a thing for me. I just want to travel the world with this person and want them to be, you know, open-minded about whatever that means. Um, and so one of the things that I teach my clients is to have some fundamental uh, foundational questions that they can come to in the first little interaction. So whether that's online or in person. And some of the foundational questions can be something like, you know, um, you mentioned that you've got a sister. Can you tell me about your relationship with her? And then that kind of opens up a little bit about what is their relationship with their family? Does he sit there and absolutely bag the shit out of his sister or is he is he genuinely having a great relationship with her? So, you know, having some foundational questions about that and, and I guess you could think about what does that mean for you? What are, what are your non-negotiables and then how can you build some foundational questions to help weed out the, the people early on who are not aligned with what it is that you want? And I suppose with everything that we're talking about, just sitting here thinking about it, it's it's a good way because let's face it, in this day and age, a lot of people, the way they find partners or whatever is online, you know, yeah. and also like we've been in lockdown for forever. So a lot of people have been like online. So that online dating is the only way that they yeah. can actually – um, maintain a search, for want of a better word, a search for the, you know, a partner, life partner, soulmate, you know, whatever you want to search for. So I suppose these fundamental questions are good at actually recognizing upfront there and then within those first couple of weeks of chatting, whether these people are actually for you as such. And whether you want to pursue on and go down an yeah. avenue of actually meeting, blah, 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 dating, whatever, yeah. and go from That's there. Exactly right. And and with dating apps these days, they've got a lot more information on them compared to what we saw, you know, five years ago. Yeah. So you can, you can have your foundational questions in mind the minute that you go on and start swiping. So is this somebody, have they got children? Are they saying that they don't want children? Um you know, whatever it may be, whatever that that foundation is for you, or whatever those top values are for you, yeah. you can see pretty early on in people's profiles. Now, I'm not suggesting that you write, hello, how are you? Do you want kids in the future? Like this is, this is not what we're talking <laughs> oh, about. <laughs> I'm talking about, you see, you connect with a profile online who you find attractive, you start talking to them, you open up with some, um, with some really great curious questions. Um, and then later on, it might be something like, you know, do you have children? Or, you know, I notice in, in your profile that it says something about you having children. Um, I have a son. What's your son's name? Or what's your son's age? Or what, you know, whatever it might be. So you can start dropping clues and questions and and they actually will give you quite a lot of information back you can get a lot of information from people pretty quickly um in those initial stages of, of chatting do you think and sorry i'm i'm well putting you on the spot for this <laughs> in this last like 10 15 minutes but like i sit there and like i have a certain opinion and view on dating apps i i actually don't like the plenty of fish the tinders the um you know the apps that sit on a phone and a swipe right swipe left blah 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 pictures from facebook from 10 years ago or whatever right um i don't like them i think they um 
Oh, and this is where I go all um, political here. But I think they attract a lot of people who are dealing with relationship separations or whatever, who are just out there for a quick fix because mm-hmm. it is very much like shopping for shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do, and I sit there and it's almost like people who have, have done work on themselves aren't on these apps they're either going out doing stuff that makes them happy, meeting people that way through friends, you know, hobbies, whatever, or they're actually on the more, what I would class as serious, you know, dating at like match.com or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like, um, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but like I, my, well, I just say to people, it's not something that I do if you want to do that and like some people have been really successful I mean a mate of mine met his wife on Mm -hmm. tinder right so admittedly it was 10 years ago Mm -hmm. but like you know but um and I think the apps have evolved over time as well but like I don't know what are your thoughts I mean dating apps it's, it's a very good question and this is from my experience and my personal views dating apps in the era that we live in they have a place we here in melbourne sydney and other parts of the world have been in lockdown for a very long time so we haven't been able to get out and connect and uh, and meet new people um so they have a place and i think when when you when you come back to truly understanding what it is that you want it's really easy to recognize the the matches or the the profiles that you don't want to match with yeah Um, I actually have a really great guideline on uh creating your most attractive online profile so oh okay if any of your um listeners want to jump onto my website flick me an email felicity at felicitycasey.com I can send them that um that tool for free oh okay them a little bit of um a step-by-step guide on how to create that attractive profile, how much time you should be spending on these, on these apps, because I do find a lot of people just flick through, flick through, Oh, I've got five minutes before my next meeting. I'll just jump on Tinder. Yeah. Um, but really and they also, uh, I've, I, sorry to interrupt you. They also, I find, um, just look at the pictures they yeah. don't actually they just look at the picture so like you say five minutes before the meeting look at the picture flick 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 yeah. and they don't actually read yeah like what they've put in yeah. the actual text yeah so my advice with dating apps is create the energy behind it of the type of person that you want to match with so if you're just there for a quick fix that's the type of matching that you're going to get but if you take your time through it you're going to find there are actually some decent people who are mm. on there who are on there genuinely because they don't have time to be out and about at this point or yeah. we're all in lockdown so we're not allowed to go out. You're uh, a single mum, single dad, you've got kids, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, there's, there, there, is, there is a place for them. Having said that, I am a huge advocate of getting really big understanding of what your interests and hobbies are as an adult and going and doing it and especially if it's things like group um uh, sports so I used to love netball so if you love netball go and join a netball team if you love soccer go and join a soccer team or hockey whatever it may be go go and join a team and get to know people through that the more joy pleasure that you bring into your life the more that that is going to be reflected back um, to you from the people that you're around. So you're not necessarily going to join the team because, oh, I want to meet the love of my life in my netball team. It's like, no, I want to bring more joy and happiness into my life. And I love playing netball. So I'm going to go do that once a week. 
And then you're going to start radiating confidence. You're going to start feeling really good about yourself. You're going to be moving your body more. So it, it brings that joyful nature automatically into your life. And then you start attracting that back. So yes, dating apps have a place, but I really think it's more important to get out and be doing the things that you're interested in and the things that you love and bringing more joy into your life. That well, way. again, it's actually focusing on you. So I also find that if you are focusing externally, so you're focusing on finding somebody, right? So you're not you're not focusing on you at the end of the day. You're focusing on, oh, I must find somebody. I've got to find a man. I've got to find a woman. You know, I've got to find somebody who's going to fill the gap that's in yes, me. That yeah. Yes. And um, yes. so it gives me it, – it, so it's almost like it, the, that person gives you a focus in your life. Yes. And to a certain extent, children fill that focus yeah. as well, which is – Exactly. It sort of brings us all the way back to the self-love in the fact that your kids are going to grow up and bugger off and go and, you know, they're going to leave home. They're going to go to uni. They're going to do whatever they do because they're their own little people. And you need to focus on you as well, because when they go and do what they need to do, if you've not focused on you, then your life, you know, it's going to there's going to be a gap. And that's not good for you. Yeah. 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 And, And you're right. It does. It comes back to that putting yourself first filling up your own yeah. cup so that then you've got, you've, you've got that abundant self-love and self-worth that feels over and, and the beautiful thing that I see in my clients is that when they start cultivating that self-love and self-worth and it often happens about halfway through our coach so I do a 90-day coaching series so it often happens about that six-week mark they come to me and they say, oh, my God, I had this amazing conversation with my boss and now my career is starting to take off. Or I had an amazing conversation with my mother who I'm never able to communicate effectively with. So they start to notice all different realms of their life having a, a, a positive impact. And then over time, then it, because their cup is starting to overflow, and then over time that goes into the relationship and dating. Yeah, part. yeah. Well, and I suppose if you're feeling more happy and content with yourself and not trying to yeah. f- focus on filling a void, then you are, you're more, you as in you, your personality is more happy and yeah. like fulfilling as such. And exactly. it's contagious. Exactly. And like, you're unlikely to meet the love of your life sitting on the couch on a Saturday night on Bumble, like get out there, grab the girls, grab the boys, go, go and do something fun that, you know, go bowling or whatever it may be. Um, go and do something fun that brings a lot of joy into your life. And, and yeah, that, that inevitably, inevitably will be mirrored back to you in, in the type of people that you're connecting with. Do you, so when you mentioned love of, love of your life, okay, do you believe in things like soulmates and and because yeah, because I sit there and go mm, like a, like they go oh you you have a soulmate in the world somewhere right and I go yeah but there's probably half a dozen because it's do yeah. you know do you know what yeah, I mean exactly that's exactly my point of view on soulmates is that you know they don't a soulmate doesn't necessarily have to be an intimate lover it could be one of your best girlfriends um it could be uh it could be your ex-boyfriend or it could be a future partner uh and, and you may come across multiple soulmates within your life and the way that I like to think about it is 
a soulmate is somebody who comes in to teach you a lesson and they may be somebody who lasts for um, you know, a reason, so a very short amount of time, um, a season, so maybe it's an ex-boyfriend who had to teach you a lesson about loving yourself or about your values or about what it is that you want or it might be a lifetime where it's you know one of your best friends who you've journeyed with through high school and beyond. Um, so soulmate to me, Yes, they exist, but not in that form that we've been taught that, you know, your Prince Charming is going to come along and save the day and he'll kiss you and then your whole world will just completely change and then he'll be your soulmate and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> right. Is that, I do sit on and go, oh, blah, blah, blah. Because it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, at the end of the day, like, and God love them, my mum and dad have been together 50-odd years, right? And, um, you know, they, if – if I was to talk to them and go, well, how did you get, like, it's hard work. It's hard work to get three fifty years of being married to each other. It is really hard Being work. ups and downs. And, and, yeah, my parents are the same and their, their love has evolved over time To you know, mum has often said, I don't, looking back, I don't know that it was head over heels love, but it was, it was, it was love that was obviously there and has, has stand yeah. the test of time. But what they've got now is, it's something completely different to what I think we see as love now. Um, but, you know, the world has evolved a lot as well and relationships are really difficult. We're in a lot more pressure in our jobs. We've got a lot more going on outside of home, um, a lot more stress. We've got to get kids here, there and everywhere. Whereas, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't that kind of stress. Well, and I suppose we've got a lot more opportunities now as well I mean you know from a speaking from a female sort of perspective and I'm grateful for every blimmin day in the fact that in a way there are things that I don't like about the the um, era that we live in but in a way I'm loving the fact that one I'm a single mum who can work full-time who I you know it has thank god for COVID to a certain extent, the opportunity over the last couple of years to be able to, one, work from home because of the internet and technology that we have, to then enable me to take my son to school. Because if I was a single mum working 20 years ago, I would be dropping them off at before school care or whatever, or I wouldn't be working. It would just be that simple. I wouldn't be working and I would be living off the state. So I have got the opportunities to do the things that I do. Um, with opportunity does come challenges though and does you know and I do I mean it'd be interesting and I'm getting I'm getting a little bit off topic here because it would be interesting what you would think you would think regarding relationships is really around the relationships thing because I do find and do feel that because women have evolved over the last 20 30 years we do have more opportunities that I do wonder if we've left men behind to a certain extent. Um, but we also haven't given them any direction either as to how we need to, you know, how the, the relationship with us needs to evolve. So men are yeah. still trying to solve our problems and protect us and help us. And we're sort of sitting there going, no, 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 we don't need you to do that anymore. And we're getting frustrated and annoyed with how everything's moving forward and how the men aren't coming along with us and aren't giving us freedoms and aren't letting us do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we find that we're in this sort of loggerheads a bit now where a lot, like you say, you're having a lot more single women coming to you going, well, I'm not happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, communication is such an important aspect of relationship. From, from the minute that you start 
meeting someone or conversing with someone or matching with somebody, you know, that, that effective communication, it, it's pivotal and it's imperative, which is why I keep coming back to it's so important mm. in understanding what it is that you want so that you can communicate that effectively to somebody when they're coming into your life and and vice versa, right? This is not just about us communicating. It's also about the men being able to set, to say, hey, I can't read your freaking mind. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. Let me that that masculine container that you need right now and tell me what it is that you need from me so that we can do this partnership together so that it's not all one way or another way. And it's about meeting each other halfway. And, and that's why also your non-negotiables are so important in yeah. understanding what are my fundamental non-negotiables and then what are my non-negotiables within a relationship? Because the relationship dynamic, you've got two people and then the relationship. So there's there's three dynamics going on here. It's not as if suddenly, you know, this idea of, oh, we come together as one, that's a load of crap. It's it's that you've got two very individual people, especially when we get to an older age, two individual people who have got, you know, their own patterns and behaviours and beliefs coming together to create this this third entity of this relationship. And so you have to keep those individual parts of yourself but also come together knowing that, you know, you are able to communicate effectively what it is that you need to make that partnership work. Yeah, and I and I completely agree with you. Compu- uh, you know, communication, communication, communication. Mm-hmm. Like even with, um, and it's so apparent with children. Like, and yeah. and and my biggest fear is that we are <laughs> we are in a era where we are not communicating because we are sitting on our phones and our iPads and, you know, we're sucked into Netflix and we're sucked into YouTube. And I know I sound like an old duffer now, but like it is like to me, it's a big major concern because it's all so easy to bung our kids on an iPad or bung our kids on TV or whatever. And then you lose that communication. And then we wonder why our teens and our kids are acting up and doing whatever they're doing. And our relationships are gone to shit because, you know, um, we're just not communicating and being. being. And and it's really interesting seeing some of the studies that are coming out, you know, probably in the last five to 10 years is that predicting loneliness is going to be the biggest driver of death in the next. Oh my God, really? So, you know, when we do spend so much time communicating via our telephones, we're actually not connecting with each other. Um, so that connection piece is so important and, and communication is part of that. And that's not just in our intimate relationships, that's across the board, you know, our work colleagues or our, our parents or our siblings or our best friends, whoever it may be. It's it's about, you know, really meeting people on that human level and connecting with each other so that we're not having that feeling of disconnect and loneliness. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the studies say after these last two years as well with us all sitting and, I mean, you and me are, conversing on zoom at the moment but like about us all sitting in our own homes conversing with people on a screen because talking and I know because I did a long distance relationship from London to Perth for um 18 months um at you know one stage and in the end went this is like this is great but 
This isn't interacting with somebody. It's not physically being in their presence. It's not sharing their life. It's like being online, looking at a screen all the time, which is like, in a way, watching like a movie or a series or, you know, talking to a ro- I could have been talking to a robot, um, <laughs> yes. because, you know, a computer-generated yes. robot. I mean, it will be very bizarre to actually see what happens going forward because with AI and all of those sort of aspects – um, you do wonder whether whether Felicity, you're sitting there, um, you know, it's answering all of these questions for me. But whether uh, going forward in twenty years, <laughs> yeah. right, you'll have just programmed in a whole load yeah. of answers to a questions that I've yeah. sent you, and then I will be reading out my questions, and your Felicity bot, as it were, for one of a <laughs> one of a better word, yeah. would be sitting there, which is a picture, you know, of you. Or a, or a video of you answering these questions. Like, yeah. so it would be on screen. And I, it's like, it's scary what we've got going on out there. And, like, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to help us. Like, yeah, I agree. Forward. And I think, you know, I think AI and dating apps and all that kind of stuff, there, there's a place for it, absolutely. And, you know, maybe there will be some exciting times about that. But it comes back to a dating app doesn't replace the need for that connection. And, you know, in my online, how to attract your most, uh, how to create your most attractive online profile, it's about get offline as quickly as possible um, because that that's where you're going to get to know this person. That's where you're going to understand is there enough attraction, chemistry, connection to, to take this, this forward. Um, I hear about women who talk for months without meeting somebody and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. No, this is not healthy. Um, so, you know, it's back to that communication and connection are really important. Yeah. And look, um, so we've got like randomly well off topic about everything that we were talking about. And I want to I want to sort of bring this back a little bit um, to what you were discussing previously. So you were actually uh, you mentioned and you were commenting on um, journaling. So you were saying and mm-hmm. I, I do I well, I, I don't call it journaling, but I basically write a couple of pages every day that go through like things that I'm grateful for. And I find that my day's a lot better when I do actually write down like, and it tends to sometimes turn into a bit of an essay. And, and I know I'm supposed to say what I'm grateful for. I sometimes also say what I'm not grateful for. But anyway, um, but, you know, I just do this string. But you were saying about um, journaling to for self-love or is, is that what you were yeah. meaning? Well, I mean, journaling is such a powerful tool because it can be whatever you want okay. it to be. So it can be I'm going to journal on what I'm grateful for, for yeah. example. Let's just take that as an example. Um, so, you know, you might journal for the next 30 days about what it is that you're grateful for and then you start to notice some really nice changes that are happening in your life because you're seeing the beauty of, of every day. When it comes to love, I mean, it can be whatever you want it to be when it comes to journaling. But one of the things that I get my clients to do is what's called a heart storm. So writing out the vision of of what it is that you want when it comes to love, what it is that you want when it comes to a relationship. And then from there, really honing in on those bits that are about you. So, you know, I want to feel this certain way or I want to be able to communicate effectively or whatever it might be. And from there, then they can they can start pulling out affirmations or some of the other tools that, that we use when it comes to self-love. But the journaling piece, the thing I love about it is that 
it's yours to play with. It can be whatever it is that you want it to be. You can put pictures in there or words in there or however you want it to be. But the idea of it is creating some space and time for yourself in your day um, that's for you. And that's when you'll start to notice changes within within your everyday life. And you life. do it daily, you journal daily. It's entirely oh, up to okay. you. Okay, like yeah. I said, hey, I should be listening. Hello. Uh, yeah. I, okay, so you do, okay, so it could be weekly, daily. Do you think it should yeah. be regularly, or do you go back and review it? Do you? Is it like setting yourself love goals, self love goals, goals? Is it something like that? I mean, I mean, it's it's whatever entire, you want to do. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. On my website, I do offer some um, journaling prompts okay. that can help when it comes to to love and dating and these are some of the these journaling is also a really great way to get out of your your head a bit more into your into your body like what's really coming up here let me just do a brain dump on on how I'm feeling today or what's going on and then after sort of 10 to 15 minutes you might find oh wow actually there's some really juicy beautiful things coming through and, and you might almost drop into that sort of meditative space of writing um, and, and so then, and it may not take 10, 15 minutes, it might only take a couple of minutes, but then you can really start to understand, okay, what is it that I want in a relationship or what is it that I don't want in a relationship? And then you can start pulling out some, some really good yeah. pieces from that and really understanding and going that little yeah, bit Yeah, because I, like, I started uh, my journaling, uh, for want of a better word, um, because um, you can sometimes get into that, um mind cycle of um oh you know um I'm not well it's it's not about not being in a relationship but it's like oh other people have x other people do this and it's all about being caught up in other people's what they've got and actually you then lose the fact that you've got I like a lot like at the end of the day I have a healthy son right he may sometimes push my buttons and annoy the hell out of me but yeah. like you know I wouldn't be without him I like my life without him would be like you know just nondescript yeah. and there's so many you know he comes up with some choice things and stuff like that but then I've got a house you know nobody's pointing a gun at my head and shooting me you know there's no bombs going off you know there's admittedly there's COVID but then there are advantages to COVID so it's about looking at all of the positives of each yeah. different situation and that's what I try and do and say okay well COVID is rubbish and it's not great and people are getting ill and you know people are dying and that's awful and I could focus on all of the awfulness of it or I could go well it means that I've had my son 24 24 7 I don't know why I'm even saying that's I, I am grateful that I've had my son 24 7 but like <laughs> you know some there have been some weeks where I've gone surely this is not what parenting is about no parent should have their child 24 7 but anyway um just because we're two sides of the same coin um but um yeah but you know it's about looking at at least about looking at the positives really I can't well, I mean, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm positive. You know, some days we're not positive, um, no. grateful for our children, right? Some days we're like, no, God, no. Right now, Jeez. I'm a parent. So yeah. you know, it might be something simple, like I'm grateful for my toothbrush because this morning, you know, it helped me brush my teeth. Like it, it can be something really basic and really simple. And sometimes we have to start quite small 
to get to that bigger stuff because there are days where it's like I'm not grateful for this house because I have to clean it and that's the mindset that we're in and that's okay to be in that mindset it might instead be you know I'm grateful for the taste of my food today or whatever it is um so again it's it's bringing it back to quite a simple practice the gratitude stuff um the if you do want to take it a little bit deeper you might go into the why are you grateful for that so why are you grateful for your home why are you grateful mm, for your okay why are you grateful for your toothbrush and it just takes the practice just that little bit deeper into gratitude and then you start to realize okay I'm, I'm really grateful for that toothbrush because it, it helps keep my mouth clean helps keep my teeth strong but it also gives me minty breath so well and also the feeling uh, you know and the mintiness or the cleanness of your mouth means that you're happier because you feel you don't feel so grubby and horrible yeah. I mean there have been a lot of mornings I've been thankful for coffee personally there you go. especially yeah. if Oscar's not been you know sleeping so yeah. you know and you go oh, I'm so grateful that I've had coffee pods because of you know Blake's Y and Z or it might be I'm so grateful that I've got access to coffee pots because blah 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 so you know I mean you can you can and it's the same with journaling you can make you can make gratitude and journaling mean whatever whatever you want it to mean and and that's the beautiful thing of it you don't have to show anybody in the world your journal um so it might be just a whole heap of brain dumps or it might be answering some big questions or it might be trying to understand the existence of planet earth like it can yeah. be as big and bold as you want it to be or as, as simple and and Beautiful. And do you think, because of in the day of IT and technology, I actually use a pen and paper. I've got books that I actually write, physically write stuff, mm. not tappy-tappy-tap on a keyboard. Do you think that's uh, Do you think that's a good thing? Do you, does it matter? I don't know. It does to me. I like to like – I mean, I mean most, I think there are some days you can't read my writing. Yeah, but, right? I, th- I think it's personal preference, but – I mean, the only thing I would say is a lot of studies are coming out that, um, you know, the the blue light or whatever it is from the computers really affects our sleep. So if you're doing it at night time, I think you should be doing, or first thing in the morning, I would be doing it handwritten if possible. But at the same time, if writing it out in your notes on your phone is going to make you do the practice, then use what's available yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And there are a lot of online journals and stuff like that that you can yeah. just sit there and if yeah. you're on the train, you can do it on the train and things like that. No, that's fair enough. And I would be tracking is that um, is being on the computer late at night or early in the morning impacting your sleep. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, well, yeah, yeah, and I'm probably a real guilty comfort with that, <laughs> like probably most people I'm are. Sure yeah, most people are. So, okay, so... um. Look, where, because you've mentioned it a few times, where can people actually get connected with you, i.e. to if they want the free online dating, um, you know, sort of um, booklet for want of a word of word or like information to how to generate an online dating uh, profile that's um, that will get you the relationship that you want. Wow, I've just given it a title. Um, uh, <laughs> um, or, or to actually just connect with you regarding coaching or like anything else that you've actually um, you've got on the website. Where, where was it again? 
So felicitycasey.com. Okay, brilliant. And my website, all the resources are on there. And if you want to email me directly, it's felicity at felicitycasey.com. Cool, brilliant. And, and like, do you, are you on the Facey and the Insta and all of those blimmin' things as well? Yes, Instagram handle is felicity underscore Casey. I'm not that active on the, at the moment just because I've got a few things in the pipeline. But when that does come about, that's where We're in be, lockdown. Um, Why would we be active? There's nowhere we're going yeah. to show all these glammy pictures. <laughs> Exactly. And um, sign up to my newsletter. That's where you're going to get. Oh, a lot of free cool. Awesome. By my, um, either email me directly and I can put you on the email um, list at Felicity Casey, Felicity at FelicityCasey.com or over at my website. Awesome. Okay, brilliant. So last question, I ask it to everyone. Um, my listeners are probably like, oh my God, here we go. Last question. But last question. Um, if you had a superpower... What one, Felicity, would you have? You know, that is such a big question. Oh, it is. You have to go with invisibility. Oh, see, and I'm not sure I'd want invisibility. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm such a people watcher mm. and so curious about it. I'm like, it would just be cool to just be a little bit invisible. But then, I don't know. At the same I'd time, use it I'm for like, evil, though, I would. I would use it for evil. You can't use anything for evil because karma is a bitch. Yeah, no, I know. No, but I would, yeah, no. That's why, and I go, "Mm, it's invisibility. I wonder if I would find things out that maybe I don't want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like anything, right? Actually, this this is just a really weird thing to tell you and your listeners. Yesterday, I made my own dishwashing tablets because I'm just a little bit, hesitant to be putting too much rubbish down the drain so I was like I want to do this and I was like maybe this could be my next superpower is sustainability <laughs> no hats off to you superpower, but no if I'll you've, you know if you've seen any of the that. surveys around Australia regarding like um the plastic and and the yeah. things that we're putting oh, into our water and I just like hats off to you because I, I go, I don't actually think we understand. We think somebody yeah. else is going to do all this stuff. And and I'm frustrated and annoyed with our government because I go, guys, this is like, this is it. You've got people like, you know, I mean, God love them, um, but prominent people like David Attenborough who has been looking at the world and how it's evolved over the uh, over his lifetime and he's like 90 odd so you know Mm. he's seen it evolve over 70 odd years right and he's going hey guys you know 70 years ago it was this now we're here we need to do something something now yeah and and it's really interesting once you do drop into that self-love self-worth piece you start to look at things a lot differently Mm. so you start to be thinking about what am i putting into my body what am i putting on my skin what am i putting into the water what am I doing for Mother Earth? Like all of these things start to come to mind yeah. because you have got this abundance of love that you want to to give back. Yeah, yeah, so, no, and 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 like you said, it is love for yourself yeah. because um, it is about well, what am I putting into my body? Do I really want to drink a bottle of red wine every night or whatever? Because yeah. actually, that isn't yeah. healthy, and I that's not loving me. It. Exactly. And then I go and do all of the patterns and behaviors the next day. I eat the crappy food because I feel like shit because I've consumed a whole bottle of wine. Um, so that's exactly right. So you do, you start your, your, your patterns and yeah. behaviors. And are you things. then by drinking the bottle of wine or having a few gins or whatever your poison is, are you then 
just masking what you need to actually sit in and deal with and, um, and you know and just sit there you don't need to maybe do anything you just need to sit feel it and then you know move through whatever you need to sort out um yeah yeah yeah. I mean well yeah I completely agree it's um yeah it's very it's a very crazy place that we live in but I'm sort of um I'm glad that like there's all these things that people are doing like yourself and other um you know other people um and places um they're actually trying to make an awareness um, and it will be interesting over the next 20 odd years to just see what, whether we get bored of it all and we go, oh God, there's somebody else talking about blooming self-love or this, that and the other, or whether we actually take it on board and we actually do some work on ourselves. Because as a, as a, uh, not a nation, nation is not the word I want to use, but as a um, tribe, a species maybe is the right word, as a species, we need to um, look at what we're doing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, the, the words that come to mind are owner owners. It's up to us yeah. to make the change that we want to see. Yeah. We can't rely on on huge governments to be doing this. It has to come down to an individual yeah. level as well. Yeah. We've got to start taking some responsibility in our own homes. Yeah. That is a podcast for another day. <laughs> oh, my God, I know, I know. You know, like we could go diving down the political avenue and I don't really want to because um, that's oh, I just I just want to leave that to the politi- politicians. No. Well, I don't actually want to leave it to politicians and I don't want to leave it to the people who are like, you know, protesting. But anyway, um, anyway, we get diverse. Look, thank you so much for this afternoon. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's always fascinating. We always go down these different avenues and, you know, my little brain starts thinking because you start, you sort of poke me and go, oh, what about this? And I go, oh, okay. And I have to like test you and like, well, test you is the wrong Which word. Which is amazing. But, like, you know, ask. If you're thinking about it, I'm sure your audience is. Well, so I hope I- so. I hope so. Um, and look, if anyone has any questions that they want me to send through to Felicity, and Felicity's given her email address out. So, you know, if you want to um, post any questions to, um felicity please 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 um do um and yeah so look i'm gonna wrap it up there and say thank you it's been a pleasure as always and um have a great afternoon evening thank you you too cool bye hey everyone thanks for listening if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts if you'd like to support us further share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.